0: hey guys and welcome back to another episode of houston exercise science a podcast where we talk about everything that has to do with fitness as long as it is scientifically backed once again thank you for listening to this episode and stay tuned for more because this is turning out to be pretty fun to do um, so last episode, we talked about loading or training and D training effects of the body. And so this one, we're going to be talking about, you're working out and you're trying to get better and you're thinking, Hmm, what if I take supplements and, uh, what can that do for me? Well, before I get into the typical pre-workout and protein powder and pre and post-workout stuff, I want to go. Uh, A little bit into ergogenic AIDS, which is a performance enhancing substance that I think is pretty interesting, a little more interesting because I hear a lot of uh, episodes about supplements and which to take and to take this one or to take C4 for the pre workout or take optimum nutrition for protein. They don't sub, they don't um, sponsor me, by the way. (laughs) But, anyways, I want to go into something pretty, a little bit more unique before I do get into the whole which pre-workout is the best one, Um, and that is ergogenic aids, and so what they are are things that people take in order to get better. Some are definitely illegal, and some of them are legal, and some of them don't even work, so we're going to go over a few of them and talk about what they are and what they do for you. So let's just jump right into what uh ergogenic aids are. Like I said, it's performing enhanced enhancing substance. Um they could be drugs, they could be supplements, things like that, uh, that are used by athletes and bodybuilders. It's a pretty known fact for bodybuilding, unless you're doing natural bodybuilding, of course. And one of the things you're gonna see is that some of these uh are placebo effects so be aware that some supplements are placebo effects they don't actually do anything for you but they uh, you think they do it's all in your head so that's something to be aware of when you go the next time to whatever supplement store you go to to do your own research and to make sure that these supplements you do have they actually have a physiological response your body does respond in a in a way that um, is advertised and not just look at the bottle and say oh it claims to do this because claims they're insufficient they're, they're that's not enough in the science community to say oh okay so that just because they put that on there then it has to be true and be aware that supplements uh, are not regulated by the FDA so things that they say on there they they uh, it should say on there that these claims have not been um, evaluated by the FDA. And if it says that, then, well, you know, are you going to take those claims as fact or not? Which means you shouldn't. You should do more research before you put any sort of supplement in your body. But these ones I'm going to talk about are going to be a little bit more interesting than just some powder in a shake. And the first one, though, before I do get into the interesting ones, is a popular one, which is creatine. Creatine is uh, actually been supported to work. This, uh, this is a a powder you can get at your, your stores. And what it does is it, um, it does increase the explosiveness of your muscles. So it's good for short-term explosive exercises. It increases the muscle creatine levels, um, which helps again, the ability to maintain force and power output um, and, and increase muscle mass. So this supplement actually does do some of these things. You'll see a huge amount of muscle gains after the neural, uh, the neurological uh, adaptation we talked about in whichever, whichever episode it was. And after that adaptation occurs, and then you're into actual muscle mass growth. Creatine does help support that. So when you're starting it. It's recommended that you have 20 to 25 grams a day for a loading dose for five to seven days. And then after that, and you're trying to maintain the dosage, it should be two to five grams a day. In order to improve muscle mass and force and everything. Now, you can, of course, improve all this naturally without taking any of this stuff. But some people do want to find something that gives them a little bit of an edge and this is one of them that could actually work. Now, possible side effects are gastrointestinal distress, nausea, and cramping. Uh, but other than that, that's really it in terms of side effects. There's no long-term adverse effects that have been found so far. And so the question is, is an ethical consideration. Should they look into this as in professional organizations or NFL or things like that, and should they deem this illegal or unfair? Uh, well, that's up for debate. That's up for consideration for you, the listener, to think about, is this is this something that should not be allowed, or should we just say, well, it doesn't hurt the person, so why not? And I'll leave that up to you guys to think about. Next, we have O2 supplementation. This one's pretty interesting. You may have seen, maybe a football player on the sideline with oxygen tank and breathing in some what looks like oxygen. And this is what they're trying to do: is they're trying to use O2 supplementation. And what it's supposed to do is, it's supposed to delay fatigue and speed recovery. Uh, so it's supposed to, you know, help you get back to, to working out faster, pretty much. So. The thing is, the proven effects that we have for this supplementation are this. For pre-exercise, there's no effect. So doing this before you go into the game, it's not going to do anything for you. Because you're you're trying to increase the amount of oxygen in your blood, but if there's any excess oxygen that your body doesn't need, it's just going to convert it to CO2 and you're going to breathe it out. So, I mean, there goes all of your hard work or wasted time. Now, during an exercise, there has been proven to be effects in increased work rate and metabolic efficiency and a lowering level of lactate levels, which if you listen to that episode about lactic acid causing fatigue, you'll see that that does have some sort of positive effect on you, the person and then after the exercise there is no effect either. So all you're getting is during the exercise you may get some some good effects for performance, but before and after there's really nothing. Fortunately, risks, there's no known risks. They're still conducting some further research to confirm this 100%, but so far so good. So you know, there's no risks and there's, you know, just during exercise, they have a little bit of benefits, but that's about it. So in terms of ethical considerations, I don't think there's much to consider because it's not giving you too much of an, of an edge anyways. And there's, there's absolutely no effects so far, uh, adverse effects rather. Interesting one. I like that one, uh, when I learned it. The next one is blood doping. Everybody, probably heard of this, and if not, that's okay. This one's been uh, a problem in many areas of the fitness and sports industry. And so what this is, is you're pretty much putting oxygenated blood into you. So there's, of course, uh, what what it's trying to do is increase the amount of red red blood cells in your body. And so you're going to be doing this by putting, you can put your own blood back into your body where you have oxygenated blood. And what people do is they get, they take their oxygenated blood and they put it, they store it somewhere. And then when it's time for the event, they put that same oxygenated blood back into them. And that's what blood doping is. Unfortunately, there's a worse thing that you could do, which is you take someone else's oxygenated blood and put it into your own body. Obviously, the risks are pretty obvious. Um, putting someone else's blood into you is just not a good idea. And so, there are two different ways of blood doping, and that's what that is. Either your own oxygenated blood or somebody else's. Either way, just not a good idea. But the proposed benefits are that there's an increase of oxygen carrying capacity. You have all these red blood cells able to carry all of this oxygen to your muscles and you're able to perform better. It's good for aerobic performance, which is, you know, low intensity, a long duration kind of performance. And um, the proven effect is that your VO2 max goes up, which is pretty much your cardio performance, in a lack of a better term, goes up. And then your aerobic endurance, uh, also goes up. Now, the risks, there are many. <laughs> uh, one is blood viscosity. So your blood thickens. And of course, with that comes clotting and stroke, heart attack, heart failure. Things like that will be a problem. Of course, if you're going to infuse, someone else's blood into you, you're going to have the problem of um, if their blood matches what your body likes. So there may be blood matching complications that occurs. And then, of course, you will have bloodborne illnesses, and now you're exposed to whatever they had, and all those risks will follow when you put someone else's blood into your system. So blood doping does help you perform much, much better but the risks are much, much also severe. It's a high-risk thing. So this is a problem. Then you have the flip side, or something similar, rather, which is erythropoietin, or EPO, which is a, it's a naturally occurring hormone in the kidney, which stimulates red blood cell production. And so the idea is the same. Instead of putting your own blood or someone else's blood into you, you uh, encourage your own body to increase more red blood cell production instead. And so what it's going to do is the same, basically the same thing as blood doping. It's going to increase the O2 carrying capacity. Um, so it's going to increase the VO2 max, and it's going to help you uh, from time to exha- exhaustion, increase that time to, to till you are exhausted. And of course, the risks are exactly the same as blood doping, which is increased blood viscosity, so blood clots, heart attack, heart failure, stroke, pulmonary embolism, hypertension, the list goes on, and um, everything like that. So there's a lot of pretty bad things that come from EPO. So, you know, that's something that's going to be you know, those two things are going to go hand in hand and you're not going to, you're not going to want to do that. I'm going to say, I discourage that. <laughs> if you're a, a casual lifter or runner, you're just trying to get healthy. That's no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> um, next is uh, bicarbonate loading. So this is the, this is the practice of ingesting a lot of sodium bicarbonate to neutralize the excessive amounts of lactic acid that causes fatigue in your muscles during an exercise and bicarbonate loading is um, I don't know if it's too popular, but this is, so this is the idea of neutralizing that production of lactic acid. So you don't, you don't get to fatigue that fast. And um, so it's supposed to help you with high intensity exercises too because that's where lactic acid builds up pretty quick, is high-intensity exercises. Uh, so large doses can lead to side effects. Uh, upset stomach, uh, it's hard to handle, um, a lot of discomfort in the in the stomach. Um, but other than that, it is safe. So I don't know if this is becoming popular or if this ever was popular, but uh, sodium bicarbonate loading um, isn't really risky other than you're gonna your stomach's not gonna feel good but it does help a little bit in in terms of high intensity exercise which is pretty interesting the next one is amphetamines which is obviously illegal this is when you take some illegal drugs in order to increase arousal or you're just you know very focused increased energy self confidence i mean you can guess what kind of drugs would do that um it's supposed to interfere with sig- with the signals in your brain to to signal that you're tired so you don't even know you're tired um and it improves performance a lot it mimics pretty much the whole adrenaline rush that you're your, uh, nervous system can, can do naturally, but you're doing it for, you're forcing that to happen. Uh, and, um, the obvious risks are death, uh, addiction to it, um, and everything else that comes with illegal drugs. But this is something that apparently occurred at one point or another in sports, maybe a long time ago. And, it actually was mentioned when we were studying all of this, that, uh, this occurred at some point, that people were taking drugs in order to get the edge, which I think was pretty, pretty crazy to think about now. But I guess in those times, they're looking for absolutely anything to get an edge. They still are. Of course, blood doping, it wasn't too long ago when that occurred. And now creatine is something. And, um, but a sodium bicarbonate loading is, is a thing and O2 supplementation is a thing when it comes to uh, athletes like NFL players. So people are always trying to find an edge, which is um, great and all, but as long as it's not going to hurt you, that's just something that I don't support. If it's going to hurt you and it's not safe for you, then yeah. Uh, the last one is Caffeine. The most popular one, I think, in the world, <laughs> at least now, with Starbucks. Uh, caffeine improves performance with the muscles, um, delivering fuel to the muscles. It elevates the um, your heart rate and um, everything. It decreases perception of fatigue, which, yes, of course, I've experienced that. <laughs> um, of course... The uh, the effects um, you're gonna you're gonna have everyone probably experiences this where maybe at one point one cup of co- one cup of coffee was enough to feel a real big rush of the caffeine effect and then now you need to take like drink four or five cups of coffee or even something stronger and uh, it's because you're you're building up uh, resistance to the effects sounds like a drug. Um, because you do have a crash afterwards. You do have withdrawals if you stop having any sort of caffeine in the morning or throughout the day. Does does sound like a drug, honestly. Um, Of course, there are side effects. You have uh, anxiety, uh, diarrhea, uh, insomnia, can't sleep, uh, irritability. And of course, you can have, uh, with an elevated heart rate, you can have some problems with blood pressure as well. High blood pressure will become a thing too. And, you know, caffeine is found in pre-workout supplements that uh, I was going to touch on in another episode. But pre-workout, for those that don't know, and I have some time to explain, is it's pretty much uh, a supplement that has tons and tons of caffeine in it, and also some other stuff that helps you With the stimulation of caffeine and also um, some nitric oxide, which helps with blood flow in the body, which helps the blood get delivered to your muscles because everything uh, is opened up, you know, and uh, all the blood is going to be delivered there in a better way. That's pretty much pre workout. However, it could be dangerous because these levels could be too much for the body to handle. Um, I know I personally don't like caffeine. It gives me migraines. I have a pretty bad adverse effect to caffeine, even coffee, which sucks because I used to drink coffee in the morning. And even one cup, I um, could have migraines and it's not worth it. So, uh, So unfortunately, I can't participate in caffeine, but... If you're okay and your body's okay with it, then caffeine may be something that you could do as a pre-workout, even just a cup of coffee. Some people, that's enough. They have a, a cup of coffee before they go and and work out or lift or go to the gym and that's enough and that does actually help with better performance in working out. It is a, an actual um, ergogenic aid that is proven to work. So that's... um. In my opinion, I think supplements i I just try to stay away from them. I try to have people stay away from them if you can if you can eat your protein if you can get caffeine from coffee or just stay away from it um that's just that much better you know um if you really don't you know need creatine and you feel okay with building muscle the rate you're going naturally, then again, by all means do that as well. I just, uh, in my opinion, supplements are, uh, not needed for working out to get better, but in in some cases it is. Some cases, you know, um, some people have, they don't get enough vitamin D in their day or a certain vitamin they don't get from their diet, so they need to supplement it. I mean, I understand that. That's okay. Uh, but, you know, pre-workout or pump formula protein you know it's it's not really something i like to stay with but anyways that's just my opinion uh in terms of these ergogenic aids the, this was pretty cool you may have learned some weird stuff by carbonate loading and o2 supplementation and blood doping and all that but anyways that's about it for this episode and uh, it was a different one, but it was pretty interesting. And I will see you guys on the next one. Bye.